Star Wars 7x7 episode 2015. Well, we've hit the first of a number of episodes that match the year of release of a Star Wars movie. So we're going to do this one more set of times and talk about themes of family as they appear for this episode in The Force Awakens. Punch it! Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode. So what perfect timing we actually have the release of all of the sequel trilogy movies as well as Rogue One and Solo and they were all done before we got to these episode numbers. How <laughs> lucky is that? So just as with the episode numbers that corresponded with the release dates of the original trilogy movies and the prequel trilogy movies, here we are with episode 2015 and it's time to talk about the Force Awakens viewed through the lens of family since that movie came out in 2015. Now, on the podcast previously, this is going back a few years, we've talked about how there are dozens of story beats in The Force Awakens that are very similar to the story beats in A New Hope. Turns out that viewed through the lens of family, The Force Awakens actually bears a lot in common with A New Hope as well. Although the difference, I would say, the primary difference is that it's much more overt by comparison. It was a bit of a stretch, it was from a certain point of view, if you will, to view A New Hope the way I did when we talked about it in episode 1977 as being a story of people from broken families assembling to sort of make their own family and in the midst of it be able to land a significant blow against a galactic empire. I mean, the most overt discussion about family is Obi-Wan telling Luke that Darth Vader killed Luke's father. Otherwise, you know, the conversations are comparatively muted. You know, Obi-Wan doesn't talk about his adoptive family with the Jedi. We don't hear anything from Han or Chewie about their families. Leia's whole family and entire planet is murdered, but there's just you know, a brief mention of the fact that she's trying to bring Obi-Wan to her father on Alderaan. Yeah, family issues are not really brought up very directly and explored in depth in A New Hope. By contrast, in The Force Awakens, family is acknowledged pretty upfront and openly. From the start with Rey, when she tells BB-8 that she knows all about waiting and that she's waiting for her family and that they are going to return someday, already we've set up the fact that family is a very important issue and because we live in the age that we do, when she says that, we all immediately think, oh, there's some sort of to-do about the family. This is going to mean something later on. It's going to come back in some big reveal of some kind. So we're already cued to be thinking about family very strongly early on in The Force Awakens. So there's one broken family, and it's not the only broken family, and in fact, it's not the first indication of a broken family that we have in the movie. That happens in the opening crawl when we find out that Luke has been missing for a long period of time and Leia is desperate to find him. So brother and sister have been separated as well. Then, of course, we find out that this guy Kylo Ren is actually the child of Han and Leia. So there's another broken situation. And not only is it broken, but he's gone to the dark side of the Force, which is outrageous. Like, how is it possible that Han and Leia's kid could not only be estranged from them, but could be evil? 
And then we find out that Han and Leia themselves are busted up. They're estranged from each other too. So a lot of the dynamics of this movie are very overtly centered around family connections and people being motivated by them to some degree. Rey, in particular, resists the call to adventure not once, but multiple times with the reason given that she is afraid if she is away from Jakku too long that she will miss the return of her parents, which would be catastrophic, obviously. And yes, if you've seen The Rise of Skywalker, then there are additional things I could say about that whole situation, but we're not looking at it from that perspective. We're looking at it from the perspective of The Force Awakens as it was presented to us in 2015 with no further information on the subject, just the same way that we looked at it for the previous six movies. As for Han, his resistance to the call, resistance, uh, no pun intended, um, his resistance is, I guess, more passive-aggressive in comparison to Rey's more direct resistance to the call. Han, as soon as he knows that BB-8 has information about Luke and the resistance needs it, his whole thing is, all right, I'll get you somewhere where we can get the information to the resistance and then I want to be done with it and I want to be out of it. So it's unfortunate from his perspective that the First Order shows up and he happens to see his son roaming around and then the resistance shows up and wouldn't you know it, it's Leia on the transport who's come to oversee the operation. Incidentally, I did kind of find it interesting that Leia did not go to Starkiller Base also, but... Then again, it's kind of different going to a neutral planet like Takadana versus going to a hostile planet like Starkiller Base for an operation. Yeah, kind of a different thing. And Leia, of course, needs to be able to stay and manage the resistance itself during the operation. But yeah, I always had a little moment of, huh, I wonder what would have happened if she had actually gone into this operation herself. But once Han sees Ben and Han sees Leia, it's just like... Maz predicted he's right back in the thick of it. And I really do love the scenes with Han and Leia talking by themselves at Starkiller Base about Ben and about how things went wrong with him, even though it's really cryptic. We don't get all the details, but also as far as the whole family thing goes, Leia has a moment where she says, you know, I never should have, you know, sent him off with Luke. Like, that's when I really lost him, which certainly opens up questions about the relationship between Luke and his nephew as well. And also, you know, what things were like in the Solo household when she sent Ben off to train with Luke. I mean, were things so toxic at home in the Solo household that Leia and Han were just like, Oh, that's it, we gotta get rid of him. And it doesn't even say anything about the estrangement between Han and Leia, like what went down that they ultimately separated. It, you know, does, oh gosh, it's hard to talk about this without bringing in future information, if you will, but just the notion of whatever it was that went down that officially pushed Kylo slash Ben to the dark side is the thing that drove the wedge between Han and Leia as well, like that's broken family business. But the promise of potentially reuniting them, you know, that is a situation that is very different from the original trilogy. Nobody was trying to put a family back together in A New Hope. And here we have in the sequel trilogy exactly that. And that's Rey's fondest wish as well, is to put her family back together 
even when Maz says, you know, the truth, they're not coming back for you, but there is a belonging ahead of you. And already Maz is promoting the idea that essentially A New Hope promotes from a you know certain point of view family perspective that despite whatever your family situation is, you can create a family of your own through your future, through your actions, through your own you know, behavior and of your choosing ahead of you. And in a way, Ben's story is sort of an evil mirror to Ray's. Ray is resistant to this notion that she has to leave her ideas of family behind and pursue a new belonging, but Ben does the same thing. He has to leave his notion of family behind, even though his family is actively pleading for him to return. He kills his dad, and you can tell that he's not necessarily happy with the decision, similar to how Ray is certainly resistant to the notion, as it's presented by Maz Kanata, that there is a belonging ahead of her as well. The belonging that Kylo Ren has chosen in front of him, which is in opposition to his existing family, is a much sadder kind of belonging, comparatively speaking. And this doesn't even take into account Chewbacca, who, oh my gosh, the guy is more than two centuries old, has spent at least 20% of his life with Han Solo. They're as close as brothers could ever be, has to watch his brother be killed by his brother's son, his figurative nephew, if you will. The utter pain and horror of having to encounter and witness that situation. Ugh. Ultimately, The Force Awakens is really sad when it comes to a family perspective. I mean, yeah, everybody ends up hurting in this one. At least Rey gains some measure of acceptance of her situation that... You know, her parents aren't going to come back and she's able to let go of the notion that she has to go back to Jakku because she's able to go on the search for Luke. But man, oh man, this is a really brutal movie when it comes to family. And there's still one person we haven't even discussed, which I will do after the break. Stay tuned. Hey Rebel Razor, I've made some changes to the Asteroid Belt level at patreon.com SW7X7 and they are all with sponsors in mind. So if you want to get the word out about your business, your product, your service to a dedicated Star Wars audience, then please check out patreon.com SW7X7 and look for the Asteroid Belt level for details. Again, that's patreon.com SW7X7. Welcome back. So the other person we haven't talked about is Finn. There is one line from him in the movie, and it's very quick, but it does address the notion of family. It is when he reveals to Rey that he is not with the Resistance, that he's a stormtrooper. He tells her that he was taken away from his family at a very young age, a family that he will never know and trained to do one thing. So that's the first time that we actually hear that First Order stormtroopers are taken as children from their families. And what a horrible, brutal situation that is. He has no idea where he came from, as far as we know. I mean, he says he was taken from a family he'll never know, but that doesn't necessarily mean he knows what planet he was taken from. But you get the idea that he doesn't even know that either. And if he was taken at that young an age, ugh, yeah. So the First Order is potentially filled with stormtroopers who all come from broken homes, as we will, of course, find out in later movies as well. But yeah, uh, a brutal, 
movie when viewed through the lens of family, but there you go. We had to talk about it. And that is going to do it for our look at family in The Force Awakens. That's going to do it for this episode, too. Thank you so much for joining me for it, as always. And may the Force be with you, wherever in the world you may be. Star Wars 7x7 is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the Force be with them. All original content is copyright 2020 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it. The drive to go further and reach higher. The same thing that inspires you, inspires us. At Strayer University, we're always searching for new ways to make education more affordable. That's why we offer access to up to 10 no-cost gen ed courses to help you save time and money so you can keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. No-cost gen ed provided by Strayer University affiliates of Field Learning. Eligibility rules apply. Connect with us for details. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV.